Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 to 6, God is speaking to the second generation of the children of Israel about possessing the promised land. The first generation failed to possess the promised land. And the reason they failed was because they were not willing to confront the giants. The land was there. It was available. It was their inheritance. It was God's gift to them. But they had to overcome some giants. And they backed away because they were not willing to overcome. Second generation comes up. That generation died in the wilderness, 40 years in the wilderness. Second generation. So the book of Deuteronomy is Moses speaking to that second generation. The whole book of Deuteronomy is your parents, they missed it. They died. It's your turn. What are you going to do? It's very clear that what you don't do, your children will have to do. Someone's got to break through. So you either break through or you leave it for your children to break through. But if you don't break through, you just wander around in the wilderness. It's as simple as that. And so there are seven nations they had to defeat, seven giants, seven spirits. You can call it a nation, you can call it a giant, you can call it a spirit because they're, they still operate today. And, uh, and so we've had, a look at the, we've had a look at five. We're up to number six and it's the Hivites. So let's read Deuteronomy chapter seven. If you want to know what they mean... Go to our website, go to resources, go to Sundays, and, and uh, there's a lot of messages on He Called the Promised Land. It says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, here it is, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, which is this week's, Jebusites is next week, seven nations greater and mighty than you, when the Lord your God delivers them into you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. So what's really clear is that God wants us to do these fights, these battles, and defeat these giants. So you say, well, what's the Hivite giant? What's this spirit? I'm so glad you asked that question. Because the word Hivite comes from a root word that means villager. It means one who's confined to a village or a small town. So I, I want you to get this because it's like the enemy doesn't mind you having some land as long as you stay placed and don't move out of that. So it's like a village where there's a whole world out there, but you're not exposed to the whole world. You're just confined to a small space. And this is the spirit of confinement. The enemy wants to confine you. Doesn't want you to break any barriers. Doesn't want you to have breakthrough. He just wants you to be confined to your existence. It's a village. It's a village. I'm looking at my friend Rocco Candido, my good friend Rocco. And he, he was born in a village in southern Italy. A village called Fabrizia. And it was, everybody knew each other. And so his destiny was, he could either be a tailor or he could be a carpenter. 
And so they taught him how to sew on buttons and stuff. But, you know, basically, that was his lot in life. It was this little village. He did not know that there was Australia out there. He did not know there was this big world of, uh, of called Australia. And, I mean, when he came here, he saw the food, fridges and cars and stuff. It just blew his mind because he had no concept that there was a much bigger world out there. See, that's the spirit of confinement. Wants to confine you to a small space. The enemy just wants to confine you. He doesn't mind. Well, he does mind. But he can't change you having gained ground. But what he will do is stop you so you gain no more ground. Don't you dare gain more ground. Don't you dare move forward. And see, he's God's will and desire for your life. To keep going from strength to strength to strength to strength. More, more, more. We just did a, a Hillsong conference and the title of the conference was There Is More. And while I was preparing this message, I thought that's exactly what the spirit of confinement doesn't want you to get. What, there's more? No, 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 no. No, no, no. You, you're done. You're done. You're done. Oh, I'm telling you, what, what a force against me. It's an amazing thing, you know. I'm going to turn 60 in March. And I'm not having any midlife crisis at all. Nothing whatsoever. If anything, I feel fitter and stronger and better looking than ever. How many of you? Do you, do you, you my wife is saying, preach it. The fact is this. We've got... We've got such an incredible testimony here in our church under Pastor Helen. She only started ministry when she was 60. And so I'm not 60 yet. So I really haven't started. I'm, I'm just warming up. I'm just practicing. But, but what the enemy wants to do is to say, John, all your friends are retiring. It's about time to slow it down. It's about time to shut the gates it's about time to say, well, you've accomplished a lot in 38 years of ministry. You've done pretty well. Now just put your feet up. Just relax. See, that's the spirit of confinement, the spirit that wants to confine you. But you know what? God's response is, have you still got air in your lungs? Yes, I do have God. Well, you haven't finished yet. What, there's more? Absolutely there is more. There is more. There is more. There is more. You know, you know what's funny? At, uh, at the conference last week, I, I gave someone a prophecy that I grabbed myself. I thought, wow, this is, this, is, this is great for him. But Lord, I'll take this as well. And the prophecy went something like this because he's in his 60s as well. And, and, uh, and I said, you know what? Spirit of God just gave me one word for you. He says, what's that? I said, leverage. I said, what? Leverage. I said, see, see, when you started ministry, you did it in your strength. You did it in the power of your strength. And you were able to accomplish things, things with the strength of your youth. He, and I said, but now that you're getting older, you don't have to do it in the strength of your youth. You can do it in the strength of the youths around you. And what you do is that you leverage their strength. And how many of you know that with leverage, you can do a lot more than your own strength? How many of you know that the power of leverage actually multiplies your strength? I, I walked away from that and I thought, Lord, I'll take that for me. Thank you very much. I'll stick that in my back pocket as well. I, I, I'm going I'm to apply the law of leverage into my life. Why? Because God does not want you to be confined. But there's a spirit out there that want, wants to confine you. How many people have heard a word into their life which is a negative word and you automatically become confined? 
How many people don't think they're intelligent because when they were at school, someone said, you'll never amount to anything because you're stupid. And those words have literally put a boundary around you and have confined you to a small space where in actual fact, you are more brilliant than you ever imagined. You are smarter than you think. And God is able to give you a spirit of revelation and wisdom and take you to another level. That's what happened to the Hebrew boys locked up in Babylon. God gave them a spirit of wisdom far above exceeding everybody else. It was a supernatural gift. God's able to do more in your life than your wildest dreams. Don't be confined by the Hivite spirit. It wants to confine you. And this spirit has been working throughout generations. It worked in the children of Israel, confined them to Egypt for 400 years. That spirit was at work in the next generation, confined them to the wilderness for 40 years. And so here's all of the generations. Talk about generational iniquity. Talk about a sin that passes from generation to generation. My friends, I need for you to look into your forefathers And see if there is something in their existence that's a blockage that just gets passed down from generation to generation. Because God does not want you to inherit the generational weakness. He wants you to begin to be the beginning of a new generation of blessing and of strength so that you launch a generation of blessing to your children and your children's children where they are no longer bound by the past, but they are released into a new inheritance, a new future. Can anybody say amen? Can anybody say I receive? See that? 400 years confined to Egypt. 40 years confined to the wilderness. And that spirit stands before them. You're not going to the promised land. You don't, you, there's no way that you're going into your liberty. There's no way. Can, can I share with you this morning how to overcome this spirit of confinement? Can I, can I tell you? Because, you know, I, I mean... In the first session, I gave them five things the enemy wants to confine. He wants to confine your vision. He wants to confine your mind. He wants to confine your faith. He wants to confine your purpose. He wants to confine your world. Everything in your world confined. Your money confined. Your business confined. Your health confined. Everything just in, in this spot so, so that you're, you're confined into a small world when God's got a huge world for you. Just incredible things for you to do. An amazing thing, you know. I look at Amanata here on the second row. He's, he's Amanata, born in Sierra Leone, could have been confined to such a small world. I look at you, Amanata, and I think you could have been just, just you know, confined to this little village, this little town in Sierra Leone. But God, through his grace, released you out. And now you're touching the world. It's like, he's this lady that could have been confined. How many of you heard Amanatha's story on Mother's Day? If you haven't heard it, go to our website, go to Mother's Day and hear Amanatha's story. She could have been so confined, but she broke loose. And now she's touching her nation. She's, she's got so many people around her that's supporting her and releasing her. She could, have, she could have lived and died in some small little confinement, but God set her free. And look at her touching the world now. Amazing, amazing woman. And every single one of us can be like that. 
every single one of us has divine potential locked up on the inside of you. But you've got this Hivite spirit that wants to block you. This Hivite spirit that wants to confine you. That wants to hinder you and stop you from moving forward. Come on, if there's breath in your lungs, don't let that thing stop you. Don't let that thing stop you. See, some of you have been diagnosed with a sickness. And as soon as you got the diagnosis, it's like the walls went up. Bang, 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 bang. And you got locked in. And all of a sudden, it's well, like, I, I, well, what, 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 what can I do? You know, basically, I've got this sickness. I, I, I've got this sickness. You know, at the back right there is my friend Mark Tonga. He's a quadriplegic. His body doesn't function from the neck down. At the moment. At the moment. I love that. Come on, someone say, I receive it. <laughs> I receive it. Mark, say, I receive it. But you know, but there's nothing wrong with what's inside. See, there's no paralysis of his mind or his heart. But the enemy so wanted for him to be paralyzed inside, to confine him. Here's your wheelchair, Mark. Don't you get out of it. Just lock yourself up in a room. Feel sorry for yourself. Just call on everybody to come and help you. You talk to Mark and he'll help you. He'll talk to you. He'll encourage you. He'll build you up. Why is that? Because he did not allow that Hivite spirit to lock him up. What's, what's your issue? Well, this is my issue. Well, it is an issue, but with God you can defeat it as long as it doesn't lock you up. Has it locked you up? Well, I can't do anything. I can't believe anything. I can't make any decisions. It's locked you up. While there's breath in your lungs, you can make decisions. While there's breath in your lungs, you can dream. You can move forward. Come on. We've got Miriam here. Miriam, we pray for Miriam all the time. Why is that? Because she's inherited something from her generations that basically has prophesied that her life is going to be shortened. How easy would it be for Miriam to start to say, I'm locked up. There's nothing. I can't dream. I can't dream of having a family. I can't dream of studying. I can't dream of touching the world because, because I've got this thing just over the top of me. Her attitude is, no, I'm going to beat this. Well, I've got air in my lungs. I'm going to do something. I'm going to contribute. I'm going to make a difference. I rebuke that Hivite spirit in the name of Jesus that wants to confine me, that wants to stop me from moving forward. That thing is not more powerful than Almighty God. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. The enemy just so wants to chain you, so to, to basically put a little stake in the ground and confine you. You know, that's what they do with elephants. Have, have, have you ever gone to a zoo and seen an elephant confined? Have you ever noticed how they confine elephants? They, what they do is they put a steel peg in the ground and they tie a chain around an elephant's ankle and they just put it to a steel spike in the ground. What happened when that elephant was, was a baby? They actually tied the elephant to an immovable object. That object could not be moved. And so what ended up happening to the elephant is that he actually got programmed to believe that wherever there's resistance, 
I can't pull it out. I can't move it. I've got to stay confined to that space. So that eventually they can hold back a beast the size of an elephant that could destroy a whole building if it wanted to with one peg in the ground. Because as soon as it feels resistance, it says, I'm confined to this space. Everybody say the devil is a liar. He wants you to believe that you're confined to your little space. And whenever you feel a bit of resistance, whenever you pray and you're not getting the breakthrough, you back down and you stay in your little corner of your world, resisting what God has placed before you because you believe the lies of the enemy. It's called constraint, 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 constraint. I'm telling you, God's attitude to you is there is nothing. I can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. Break through the constraints. Defeat this Hivite spirit. How many of you want to know how to defeat the Hivite spirit? Okay, here it is. The anointing breaks the yoke. You overcome The Hivite spirit, the spirit of confinement with the anointing. The anointing, I I use the word anointing because Anne and I grew up in Pentecostal churches and we always quoted a a scripture in in Isaiah 10.27 that says the anointing breaks the yoke. The yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. How many of you remember that phrase, the anointing breaks the yoke? How many of you, well, you're not old-time Pentecostals then, are you? The anointing breaks the yoke. And so... So so yoke, anointing, two really strange words. But let let me explain what these words are. Number one, the anointing is literally the presence of God. So in the Old Testament, if someone was anointed, they literally had something placed upon them. So remember the story with Samuel having the, uh, the, the, the oil and he anointed David as the future king, and he poured the oil on him. He anointed David. There was something poured upon him. There was something tangible upon him. It's the anointing. The anointing of God for us is the presence of God. You've got to begin to feel and sense the presence of God. It's got to break through the natural senses into the spiritual senses. That's why we bring you into this place early and on time so that you can experience the presence of God. Some of you come too late to experience as much as we want you to experience the presence of God. Some of you need to say, I receive it. (laughs) Or to the person next to you say, you need to receive this. But anyway, we won't go there. The, the, The point is that I'm making is that we just need the presence of God, the anointing of God. Because the anointing of God breaks the yoke. And the yoke is... The bondage of the enemy. So the, the, the word picture that we have in mind when we use the word yoke is, is the oxen that we yoke together in order to do work. And so you have this big timber thing around your neck and you're yoked with another oxen with a big timber thing and you work hard. And here's Jesus saying, come to me and take my yoke upon you. Get rid of the enemy's yoke and take on my yoke because my yoke is easy. And, and I'll take you somewhere. I, you won't be just confined to your little paddock. When you're yoked with me, we're going to go. We're going to go to places. We're going to go from mountaintop to mountaintop. We're going to discover new vistas and, and, and new things. And, and you go with me. You go with my presence. My presence will never leave you. How many of you want to be yoked with the enemy? Good. How many of you want to be yoked with Jesus? Of course. And we do it together. And he says, matter of fact, I actually do the heavy part of the the work. You do the lighter part because you're yoked with me. What a wonderful thing. So the anointing breaks the yoke of the enemy, breaks the bondage, stops you from, from grinding in that field 
that just, I'm telling you, it just comes to mind the whole story of Samson. Remember the story of Samson when he disobeyed God and eventually what happened, they stuck him in a mill just to grind and, and here's this man of God that was destined to do amazing things for God. The Spirit of the Lord had come upon him and he'd be able to destroy the Philistines. He was so strong, but because he disobeyed God, because he believed the words of the enemy, because he didn't do what God did, his eyes were taken out and then he was confined to this little room where day in and day out, all he did was just grind the mill, just grind the mill, just grind the mill. How many people do I see in life that are just on the daily grind, confined by the enemy? Your eyes have been taken out. You can't see spiritual dimension and spiritual vision anymore. You just lost what you were able to do before. The enemy is a cheat. The enemy is a liar. The enemy wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to hinder you. The enemy wants to confine you. But God, on the other hand, wants to release you in the beauty of destiny, the beauty of purpose, the beauty of accomplishing something awesome with your life. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. Jesus had this anointing. Remember in Luke chapter 4, he goes into the synagogue and he pulls the, the book of Isaiah. And he opens it up to Isaiah 61. And he begins to speak. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. You can find this in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has an- Everybody say he's anointed me. What a beautiful thing to have the anointing of God. And he's the anointing of God upon Jesus, not to confine him. But he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This acceptable year of the Lord that I love so much is the year of Jubilee. This acceptable year of the Lord. Every 50 years it happened in Israel. Get, get, and get, get hold of what happened. Everything that you lost was given back to you. What? Everything that you lost got given back to you. The property that you once had, that your forefathers had, that got sold off to pay some debt. And the year of Jubilee, it comes back to you. But you don't have to pay for it. No, on the year of Jubilee, everything that you lost comes back to you. That which was broken gets fixed up. Everything gets restored. It's like what I was poor and desolate. On the year of Jubilee, you become rich and you become prosperous. There's a, there's a year of jubilee. I want to speak over your life that Jesus came to restore that which was stolen. The enemy has stolen from you. God's going to repay it sevenfold. Come on. Some of you have had stuff. Some of you have had family ripped off you. Some of you have had life. Some of you have had years ripped off you. Some of you had your strength ripped off you. I'm proclaiming the year of jubilee that that which was lost is coming back. Can anybody say amen to that? Can anybody say, I received that? I receive that. Come on, some of you have lost marriages. Some of you have lost homes. Some of you have lost relationship. Some of you have lost your joy. Some of you have lost stuff that the enemy has stolen from you. Well, I'm telling you, it's time to go back to the enemy's camp and take back that which was stolen from you and take it back sevenfold. Take back the above and beyond blessing. Don't you live in the, in, in the sense that you have stuff stolen from you when God wants to proclaim the year of Jubilee. 
over your life. Come on. This is what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has anointed me. He's anointed me. So let me share with you three things that you need to do to get this anointing. Three things that you need to do to get this. How many of you want to know the three things that you need to do to get this anointing? It's very simple. First thing you need to do is call upon the name of the Lord. Oh, just begin to call upon the name of the Lord. That's what Bartimaeus did on a dusty street in Jericho. As Jesus was walking past. Who's this? This is the Messiah. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Began to call upon the Lord. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. See, see, too many people are embarrassed to call. Bartimaeus, if he'd given in to embarrassment, would have been stuck in his constraint of blindness for the rest of his life. Come on. The enemy wants to make you embarrassed. The enemy wants to constrain you. Oh, you know, you're too dignified to call. You know, you, you've got it together. This is, this is emotional Pentecostal preaching. Don't get caught up in that emotional Pentecostal preaching stuff. So what do you want me to do? Just give you an intellectual head message? Thank you, Judy. I receive it. (laughs) I want to touch your heart. I want to touch your spirit. I want to touch your soul. I want to stir you up out of your head. Get you to live in your heart where you begin to call upon the name of the Lord, where you put aside all of your, all, all, all of your reputation, all of your dignity, and you say, Jesus, have mercy upon me. I'm more desperate for an answer than I am dignified in the way that I look. Jesus, son of David, begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Begin to call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says you will be saved. You will be restored. You will be put together. That word saved is the Greek word sozo. That word sozo in the Greek is more than just saved. It's put together, restored, broken pieces coming together. Oh, how many of you find yourself in broken pieces? Your marriage is broken. Your family is broken. Your finances are broken. Your hope is broken. Your dreams are broken. Your aspirations are broken. So many broken things. Some of you look at your whole life and all you see is a series of brokenness. The Bible says, who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. God will put back the broken pieces. Say, but it hasn't happened. Well, keep calling until it does happen. Don't give up. See, Bartimaeus did not get his reply the first time he cried out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Shut up, Bartimaeus. You're sounding like an idiot. Just stay where you are. You're a blind man. Your place is in the gutter. That's where you beg from. That's where you stay and remain. You can't change your destiny. You did something in your past that obviously, or maybe your parents did something in their past that obviously you're paying the penalty for your sins. Let me tell you something. When Jesus Christ died upon the cross, he paid the penalty for every sin. He paid the penalty for every curse. He paid the penalty for every generation. He paid the penalty. 
penalty for you. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin, cleanses us from every curse, from every generational sin. What has power to cleanse us and purify and wash us and forgive us? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Can anybody say amen to that? Second thing you need to do after you call upon the name of the Lord is just, you've got to clean the house, guys. You've got to clean the house. You've got to get rid of the junk. You, you know, so the calling is the beginning, but it's not the end. There's got to be something about cleaning the house. You just can't invite Jesus to come into your home and keep all the profanity and, and, and junk there. It's like you, you've got to get rid of some stuff. Now, he'll help you to do it. The Holy Spirit will help you. And we've got some people in our church that will help you. Where's Dave Osgood? First service. He, he'll help you. There's others that will help you. Pastor Helen will help you. Pastor Anne will help you. We've got lots of people in our church that will help you sort out the junk so you can move it out. You know, just a few weeks ago, I was praying for this, this person and, and so he, he wanted to move on in God. And as I was praying for him, God showed me his life. And, and as I prayed for him, I saw, yeah, he called upon Jesus. But his house had every single door open, every single window open. And there were all these spirits of gambling and immorality and lying and cheating just going in and out. They were just playing games in his house. They were crawling through the window, through the back door, the side door. And, and he was just, just oblivious to the fact that he called upon the name of the Lord, but he hadn't locked the doors and shut the windows and got rid of all these filthy, rotten spirits that just want to come in and do havoc. And, and the, Jesus talked about it, that, that when a, an evil spirit is cast out of a home, that it comes back. And if it's open doors and open windows... It says to all of its buddies, hey, hey, they haven't locked the doors. They haven't shut the windows. And in they go and they just do havoc. Come on, just got to clean the house. Everybody say clean the house. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you where the junk is. Then just turf it out. Turf it out. There's a big garbage collection happening right now. It's called um, Father, Holy Spirit and Sons. And... Um, and they're cleaning up your garbage. So just toss it out. The Holy Spirit will just get rid of it. And number three. So what was the first one? You got to call. Number two, you got to clean. And number three, you just got to fill. You got to fill your house with the presence of God. Just once the windows are shut, the doors are shut, then you just fill it with God's presence. Just fill it up. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the presence of God. Just fill, fill, fill the house. There's so much junk and so, so often what happens with so many people is that they're just filling their house with the wrong sound. What's the sound that's coming out of your house? Is it the sound of, 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 of junk or is it the sound of God's music? Hmm? Is it the sound of worship? Is it the sound of prayer? Parents, let you know, seriously, some of you parents are really suffering. And I know, and, and next Sunday, we're going to be trying to help you. But let me give you an insight to the message that you've got to do your bit. 
We're going to do our bit. But I, I, I only get half an hour a week. You know, there's over 160 hours in a day. No, no in a week, sorry. In a week. And I get half an hour. And so, so who, who gets the rest? You've got to be so careful that the sound that's in your house is not the sound of, of, of rebellion. And the, because if it's the sound of rebellion, it's the sound of the world, then you're going to reap what's being sown. And so you've got to be careful to protect your house. Protect it. And I'm telling you, some of you have got an incredible fight because there's already addictions in your kids of the world and you try to remove them from the addiction, you're going to have World War Three on your hands. So can I just say to you that you need to just operate with wisdom as to how to deal with any addict. You've got to be really careful how you do that journey because you can have World War Three, and it's not World War Three that we want. It's, it's victory that we want. And so, so we want to help you with that. But can I just say that in this room right now, your children, some of your children are addicts at six, seven years of age. Addicts. And will react if you try to take their games, their computers, their social media, their stuff from them. They're going to manifest as any addict manifests. And we just want to help you break that because it's destroying their lives. And we want their lives to be filled so you've got to fill your house with the presence of God. Just fill it with the presence of God. Fill your life with the presence of God. Fill, fill, fill everything with the presence of God. And can I just say to you, as parents, when you speak to your children, speak to them through a filter that's filled with God's presence, not a filter of anger. Because a filter of anger is only going to repulse them and send them away. Whereas a filter that's filled with God's presence has wisdom and insight and knowledge and words that come that literally are able to address the situation. And God's spirit is able to give you the wisdom that you need, the wisdom that you need. You know, I wish someone was preaching this stuff to me when I was, you know, starting off in ministry. This is, this, this is about you being set free to come into what God's got for you. Just God's got so much more for you. Can I, can I just finish this morning by just giving you, just as, as um, Liz comes up. The enemy wants to constrain you. I heard once a story of someone who found an eagle's egg and decided he wanted to have it hatched. And so he put it in the chicken yard. And a mother hen actually sat on the eagle's egg and hatched it. And this eagle was born in a chicken yard and it's thought that its mother was a hen. And so within the confines of the chicken yard, this little baby eagle grew. And on a daily basis, it was taught to scratch out a living in the chicken yard. Everything inside the baby eagle wanted to look to the sky. But mother hen kept saying, there's no food up there. The food's in the ground. You've got to look down and scratch and scratch and scratch and scratch. And so this little eagle grew up being told that it was confined to the chicken yard and it could only eke out a living if it scratched. 
as it started to grow, you could hear the cries of the eagles. And this one particular day, as it was hearing the cries of the eagle, it looked up to the sky and saw a big eagle fly over the chicken yard. And something inside of that little baby eagle said, you were not destined for this chicken yard. You were destined to fly with the eagles. And then the big eagle cried out to it, flap your wings and fly. Flap your wings and fly. And the little eagle started to run with all these chickens trying to grab hold of it. No, stay with us. Stay with us. Stay with us. And it's flicking these chooks. I've got to fly. I'm not destined for the chicken yard of this life. I'm destined to soar and to fly with the eagles. Two flaps of the wing and off it took and left the chicken yard behind. It found its tribe. It found its kind. He was not destined for the chicken yard of life. He was destined to soar with the eagles. Can I say to you that you were not created for the chicken yard of this world. You were not created to scratch a living in the dust of the earth. God has given you wings to fly, a destiny to soar with Him, to catch the wind of the Spirit, to begin to do a couple of flaps of your wings and you've caught the wind of the Spirit and you're flying into the heavenly places where Jesus Christ is seated. It's time to shake loose some chooks of this world and fly with the eagles that God has destined to be. You're a child of God. Don't be constrained and restrained by the Hivite spirit. Break free into what God has got for you. To God be the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Lord God, I just pray for every single person in this room, Lord. Not one is here by chance or by accident, but everyone is here by divine appointment. You wanted them to hear this message by divine appointment so they can be free and loosed, liberated into what you've got for them. And so right now, Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to do battle with this Hivite spirit, this constraining spirit that wants to lock us into a small space so that we can move into the God vision, the God space, the promised land, the promised land of your blessing. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.